Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Stew on This. I'm Stu Bittman. This week's episode is called What's Good When We're Sick is Good When We're Well, Part 1. That's an old saying from chiropractic, what's good for you when you're sick is good for you when you're well. In other words, the things that we tend to do and practice once we're already sick or in crisis are always a good idea and perhaps would have been a better idea to have been done or practiced before the sickness or the crisis. And if we had done them before, perhaps that would have led to less need to react and a less extreme reaction. There's lots of truth about this, both individually, which I'm going to talk about today, and collectively as a society, which I'm going to save for next week. So I think most of us can relate to this. When we have a cold, we tend to rest more, we tend to uh, take vitamin C and maybe eat better. We've all heard of folks uh, who have started exercising or eating better after a heart attack. Maybe even people who you know, start living after a terminal diagnosis. Mm, that, well, that's an interesting one because uh, just to jump ahead to next week as a society, it seems like we've decided to stop living in fear of a terminal diagnosis. But you're going to have to wait for next week for that one. This idea plays out on all levels, including emotionally. I mean, a lot of us have done some extra emotional work, some extra meditation, some extra something in order to stay sane or afloat this year. And hopefully we've learned some things about that that we can use for, you know, quieter times. The practices that we perhaps have done in reaction to being insane are really, really good to do as regular practices, especially to build resilience as we move forward. I've used the word resilience a lot over the course of these podcasts. In fact, there's been a few times when I said my resilience level was down around my socks. Well, obviously those times I was not doing the practices to keep my resilience level high. And for those of us who are concerned about the current trajectory of things in the world and possible new normal that is unfolding, let's start doing things to keep our resilience gas tank as full as possible. Resilience, by the way, is defined as the ability to recover quickly from illness, change, or misfortune. And therefore, the other definition is the property of a material that enables it to resume its original shape or position after being bent, stretched, or compressed. (laughs) Has anybody been bent, stretched, or compressed in the last few months? The word resilience literally means to jump back. So if you think about trees in the wind or a stretched rubber band, they automatically return to their original shape or position. I would love to jump back to my center, to my original goodness, to my heart, to my values, to my principles, to love. Well, you and I are not rubber bands, so in order to get back to our center, we need to build up an emotional cushion to fall back on, a resilience reservoir for all the times that we're undoubtedly going to be bent, stretched, or compressed. This takes practice, and that practice is best not left until our tank is empty. When we practice anything, it gets easier, and we get better at it, so yes, Meditation. 
especially a type of meditation that helps us practice for real life by having us practice returning to our center or returning to our heart. This needn't seem daunting. We don't have to sit in lotus positions, which is really good because I can't even get into a lotus position, for hours at a time. In fact, it could just be like one minute, an hour of quiet when we turn away from the world, turn off the news, go within, check in with ourselves, and most importantly, find our heart. When we are building resilience, our heart, this is really important to remember, our heart is a much more resilient organ than our brain. So that's where we want to be. We want to be hanging out more in our heart and not so much in our brain that tends to freak out over anything and everything. So practicing finding our heart in quiet times and in meditation really helps us access our heart when we need to. Each time we practice finding our heart and find it, it's like we leave a trail of breadcrumbs. And then maybe we want to start practicing that more with the more mild irritations of life, of which there are many. So all the things that we can do to build up our emotional reservoir, by the way, that you can hear in any of the 50 podcasts that I've recorded so far, you can call it nurturing our soul, you can call it embracing our joy, you can call it feeding the good wolf, you know, whatever we call it, they're all wonderful ideas. But that's all they'll ever be is wonderful ideas until we start practicing them. And by the way, Practicing nurturing our soul or feeding our good wolf or embracing our joy, don't, don't those sound okay? <laughs> they don't really sound so horrible, do they? You know what? No matter what's going on in the world, keeping my resilience level high so I can deal better with the curveballs of life and stay more in a place of love and wisdom is helping the world in the biggest way I know. Speaking of curveballs... Just like in life, I can handle, I can hit a curveball a lot better if I've practiced hitting curveballs. And you know what? I can hit a curveball even better than that if I know a curveball is coming. And, and believe me, curveballs are coming. So I practice these things not to prevent curveballs, but to be able to still find hope, joy, and love when they come. And in between, I get to enjoy a feeling of, of ease, of confidence, a sense of command over my own being, like driving with a full gas tank versus an empty gas tank. Even without curveballs, life offers plenty of distractions. And at any moment, what my senses tell me can seem so much more real and so much bigger than the infinite power I know is within me. So the main reason we practice these good ideas is to gain more of an awareness that we are always bigger than the appearance. We practice so we can identify more and more with the more than enoughness that we all have within and less and less with the circumstance or the appearance. Regardless of the appearance, love and goodness Wisdom, abundance, harmony, ease, these are all closer than our hands and feet, nearer than our very next breath. But if I don't practice finding them, 
I'm probably often going to be like that person searching frantically for their glasses when they need them the most, and they're sitting right on top of their head. Hey, what's good when you're sick is good when you're well. And one of the things that's always good is you. Stew on that. And I'll see you next week.